Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. This is Tom Fox back with Ben Lachlan, and we are uh, exploring uh, Im- embedding compliance and operationalizing compliance. Today, we're going to take a look at forecasting's role in helping to plan for contingencies. Ben, you and I have visited previously on the risk management process, which we've defined uh, loosely as forecasting, risk assessment, and then risk-based monitoring. And I think many compliance practitioners understand parts two and three, the risk assessment and the risk-based monitoring, but they're not as um, familiar with forecasting. How do you find forecasting is, is why do you find it to be such a key component? Well, I'm I'm really glad you asked that question because I think that um, there's really not a good way to operationalize compliance and to plan for a successful and strategic future without conducting some modicum of forecasting. Uh, The reason forecasting to me is so important is because there are things that we know are likely to occur in the business environment, and this can be in the next couple weeks, it could be in the next month, maybe the next business quarter. We, we do scans, essentially, of the external market, the external environment, and we see what's out there. Now, it's certainly not 100% predictive, because if forecasting was 100% accurate, we would call it prediction instead of forecasting. But I also think it's important for us to realize that when we do strategic planning, we shouldn't come at it from a point of saying, and most companies don't, frankly, but you don't say, I can't possibly know what's going to happen next month, so therefore... I don't have any sort of plan in place. Um, Dwight Eisenhower has a quote that I love, which is planning is everything and the plan is nothing. So the reason I like that quote is because the verb of planning is the important aspect, full of cognitive horsepower. The piece of paper with a plan on it, your strategic plan that you've come up with is virtually worthless. Not everybody can take the paper plan and operationalize it to make it do what it was designed to do. But all the people in the planning session who sweated the details could explain the context and the worries that gave them heartburn that they're looking to avert. So I think as far as planning as a verb and the forecasting is concerned, you can say, we think the following things will happen and you continuously adjust your plan. You don't just say, uh, we can't possibly know what will happen tomorrow, therefore we're gonna go into it blindly. Now with that said, I I would mention that um, former White House chief data scientist and someone who's a chaotician named DJ Patil has an interesting uh, commentary on strategic planning. And he calls the era that we live in the next two hours era. And essentially the the thesis is this, we're in a, a paradigm now where technology changes so quickly that you can't possibly strategically plan in a company beyond, he says, you know, two hours, but really it's handful of days, weeks, And the notion of the one-year plan, the three-year plan, the five-year plan is fundamentally flawed because you can't possibly know that far out with so many developments and evolutions in the technology landscape happening right now. And so that's interesting as well. I would caution that that doesn't mean don't do any planning at all, but it does mean that your forecasting is less likely today to be accurate out beyond a few months than it would have been, say, one, two, three, four decades ago. 
The uh, role of the compliance officer in forecasting, Ben, how would you suggest someone like myself, who is lawyer trained, uh, worked in the general counsel's office, moved into compliance, how would I work with uh, either someone like yourself or someone in a, a business unit to help do forecasting? What would be the process? Well, I would say the process first and foremost starts with uh, what Simon Sinek would call the why, right? So you need to first understand what it is you're trying to solve, what you're trying to get to. Um, when you first have those initial conversations, you, you certainly can't say uh, we're looking to solve uh, the universe's problems. You know, we've got essentially a blank slate. What do we do? So you need to come at it from a perspective of we're looking to go after to detect, to find, to solve, to de-risk the organization in the following areas. And if you have any data that you've collected previously to a meeting like this, I would say that's very helpful. Otherwise, um, if someone were to come in and help within the organization, it might be a situation where you say, uh, in this initial meeting, we think these are the issues that we want to be part of the resolution um, or part of our process going forward and then ask a third party who has kind of fresh eyes to the situation uh, what he or she thinks, what sorts of uh, data, what sorts of metrics and key performance indicators that individual would be interested in seeing. Um, and that sometimes that can help lift you out of the weeds where you've seen your company for so long, the day-to-day -day activities, you think you know the answer, but you know, in reality, it's probably not as clear cut as you may think it is in your mind. So, Ben, if we uh, jumped ahead to the uh, other two components of the risk management process, both the risk assessment and then the risk-based monitoring, how would a compliance practitioner loop back uh, in a feedback loop the information that they received in the risk-based monitoring to move to either update a forecast or create a new one? As quickly as you can get real-time information and feed it back through this loop, the best. Better. So I think regardless of what systems you're using, in a lot of cases, companies have uh, their monitoring information in some sort of access database or Oracle or Microsoft Excel, or there's just some list that's captured within, a, let's say, a Microsoft Word document or something like that. The idea is the faster you can accelerate uh, current state results back into the process to say, let's course correct now, the less of a lag time there is, the more likely you are to have an important and meaningful impact <clears throat> on future iterations of the process design and, and what you're detecting. Um, again, like I said, you know, there are companies who have done this for quite some time and they have quite sophisticated systems. Some organizations, like we talked about in part one, really don't even have a system in place. So regardless of which direction you're coming at it from, I think the most important feature there is make sure that you have accurate and timely data that you're feeding back into the process as quickly as possible so that you can keep up with, uh, again, the ever-changing external environment. Uh, if you need to change the process, the sooner you know you need to change it, the more quickly and effectively you can make those changes. And, you know, if, you, if you're not making the changes in a timely way, then the number of days that, that uh, elapse before you've made a substantive change that you may need to make are all days that are potentially of higher risks to the organization that you don't need to incur. And one of the interesting things I've seen from the Department of Justice is their 
requirements that uh, corporate compliance programs really engage in this process. They don't call it forecasting, risk management, and or excuse me, risk assessment, and then risk-based monitoring. They simply talk about taking the information that you observed and loop it back in in this feedback loop. But what really struck me was we have the regulators sort of catching up with um, the business process, but now saying that for regulatory purposes, it is important that you engage in these business processes. So we have the regulators re-emphasizing what uh, you've talked about as a business process and really as a best practice in a business process. Yeah, and I think it really comes down to preventing issues. You know, the, the more quickly you're able to do this feedback, uh, the more quickly you can prevent issues before, before they occur. Like I said, you know, if forecasting worked with 100% efficacy, we wouldn't be having this conversation and we would just call forecasting prediction. So we sweat over these strategic plans for improved business performance, uh, and we do so because we don't have a crystal ball or time machine. So if we use proper practices within the processes of forecasting and tying that back to operationalizing compliance, we can get the most out of compliance programs. I think um, <clears throat> you know, an example that I, I like to uh, consider when thinking about how to most rapidly put together a plan to get uh, quick and effective results was the Empire State Building in New York City. So that took, uh, I think, about uh, 410 days to build from commencement to opening. And it was largely in part due to tremendously detailed and contingency-rife plans by the, the construction company. So we often think that opera operationalizing a new process is hard because of the amount of new documentation it may take or employee time to be trained and so forth. But when I think about the Empire State Building build, um, I, I pulled up a, a quote from somebody who was involved in the, the construction of it. Trucks carrying 16,000 partition tiles, 5,000 bags of cement, 450 cubic yards of sand, and 300 bags of lime arrived at the construction site every day. And that was more than eight decades ago. So sometimes we get wrapped around the axle, I think, internally in companies, thinking a new program within our business has too many steps or is too much corporate overhead. But in reflecting on contingencies that they may have had during, let's say, that construction project, uh, they finished on time and almost 25% under budget. And we don't hear a lot about programs being completed under budget so often these days. So... I mean, I think we can, in our minds, build it up to be a lot more complicated than it needs to be. And if we think to ourselves, uh, the Empire State Building, like I said, from commencement to opening, the entire construction process was 410 days. It should be far less than a year's worth of time in order to rigorously plan, um, deploy, and operationalize compliance to whatever level in the organization it needs to be. So, Ben, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I've been visiting today with Ben Lockwin. We've been talking about forecasting's role in helping you to plan for contingencies to further operationalize your compliance program. I hope you'll join us in our next episode where we take up the always fascinating topic of prevention beats correction 100% of the time. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Innovation and Compliance Podcast with Tom Fox. Embedding compliance in your organization is a key component to the business equation of operationalizing your compliance program. How can you do it? Learn more at fcpacompliancereport.com slash innovation.